0: Listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, the sonically booming Loose Cannon and Baco. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and with me is the Sonic to my boom, Loose Cannon. Loose, how are you this day?
1: I am excellent. I think it's actually Sonic to your hedgehog. That was a nice little. Uh... Little, little hints throughout the, the way, I, I found them very clever. Some of them are very extreme, like the, the Christopher Walken with a
0: gun to the head. Russian roulette? Album. What? he was playing Russian roulette.
1: Oh, I see. See, I was just thinking that that was you after listening to the album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it had a double meaning, I will admit that, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken listened to the record and then said, give me a, a loaded gun, I'm going to play Russian roulette with six bullets.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. L- let, me, let me reenact the scene from Deer Hunter. Yeah. So anyway, on a lighter note, besides suicide humor, what do you want to talk about?
0: Well, today we're talking about um, a record that you and I hold near and dear for uh, various reasons. Kisses, <laughs> 2009 album, Sonic Boom, and uh, you know, you mentioned Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, researching this, of course, I stumbled across Sonic the Restaurant. A quick side note Ooh. on that: you, you've seen the commercials for that the show or for That's the, where the those two guys
1: just just eating the car and
0: yeah, and right? and. Yeah. Uh, so I, I debate this with my wife because we only talk about important stuff. Uh, do you think they're sure. gay co-workers, roommates, or what's the relationship between those two?
1: Hmm. I'm going to say they're definitely co-workers, the saddest two co-workers on earth that uh, every day at lunch, they yeah. don't leave their car. They just drive to Sonic and then, and then argue <laughs> about the food. And, and possibly there might be a little thing on the side where they give each other handies uh, and go back to work.
0: <laughs> uh, ditto. Ditto.
1: Yes, that's exactly what you think the backstory is in
0: those guys. <laughs> Something like that. They're always eating at lunch, so I'm like, well they're probably not roommates. They're probably co-workers that right. sort of tolerate each other. They don't seem very close like they hang out anywhere other than work and Sonic at lunch.
1: Yeah, and they're 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 definitely gonna be um dying soon, since that's their complete diet. I mean, what, what do they do? They argue about like what is the best fried fried. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the, the food Mini you can buy corn there
0: dogs, uh, burgers. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, Who, I take it you you're, you're probably uh, not a big fan of Sonic as as I am. Uh, okay, but if,
1: if, if you ever, I don't care if you're a fan of Sonic at all, but have you ever just said, like, man, for lunch, I think I'm going to get a corn
0: dog. <laughs> yeah, you eight I years have old? I Probably haven't phrased it quite like that, and I was usually at a fair.
1: Well, yeah, if you're at a fair, but it was kind of like, mm,
0: God, I could really go for a meat on a stick. either yeah, you're like, you're, you walk up to your buddy's cubicle and just kind of put your arm on there and like, yeah, hey, uh, i thinking corn dogs for lunch. How about you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Done. Let's go.
0: Oh boy. Yeah, so uh, people who follow the show are probably wondering why, you know, we would be uh, reviewing a record that we don't like. Uh, Hopefully that'll be clear by the end of this. What?
1: Oh, that looks great. Here, go back out. Close the door, please. Let Daddy have his alone time with his man (laughs) family. Hold on. We just hit, and what a way to celebrate talking about Sonic Boom, um, our three-year anniversary.
0: Correct. Happy happy anniversary, buddy.
1: Thank you, thank you. So,
0: what we got? Let's move forward. Uh, before we get into the show, of course, we need to know, uh, because 2018 is the year in fashion for Cobras and Fire Loose, mm-hmm. tell the listeners what you're wearing.
1: I'm wearing exactly what I wore last night at a charity function <laughs> for our, well, not a charity, but a, an auction to raise money for my son's school, and that is I am adorned in a fedora, a full suit, bow tie, and suspenders. So, uh, yeah, I just want to let you know, last night, uh, this was an amazing concept they did. They said the only drinks that are free are any mixed drinks that have vodka. (laughs) What? (laughs) God bless vodka. Oh, my God. I mean, mean, that's – anyway. So I am – I had a little hair of the dog this morning. Against my best judgment, it is 11.39 here in Colorado. I'm not sure what time it is there for you. Uh, it's a uh, uh, quarter after three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, it's so... it's Sunday. So I'm going to crack open a beer here. We're going to do our uh, beer of the week next episode, but here's one that I have right now. All right. That All right. a terrible, terrible open there, but I'm pouring a beer, yes. So what about you? You have been working continuously every day.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm actually just got back from work, uh, so uh, it's been six day weeks for me for five weeks now. Um... I'm wearing blue jeans, uh, Nike mid-tops, and a Motorhead Ace of Spades t-shirt. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I like it. Fashions. Uh-huh. Let's get into Sonic Boom, huh? Yes, let's. It's, <laughs> and, and
1: talk about anniversaries. This October
0: is going to be the nine-year anniversary of Sonic Boom. I know. It's unreal, isn't it? It uh, is. Why don't you... Why don't you give us a taste of what was happening, because this was their first record since 1998, Psycho Circus. Uh-huh. And they, they wound down the reunion tour in 2001, 2002, something like that. Why don't you kind of fill in the gap there? What was Kiss doing from late 2002, early 2003 until this record came out?
1: Well, sure. So when Psycho Circus came out, they really wanted to follow up that record with the same lineup, I believe, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, you, you're talking like the recording musicians, yeah, yeah. I mean, was it was Eric Singer on there too? I don't think Eric Singer named, played on uh, there. Tommy played a little bit, right? And Bruce Coolik, sure. Bruce Kulick yeah. I think played some bass. <laughs> 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 uh, Bruce, you're a great guitar player. Can you play some bass on their new album?
1: Uh, so yeah, I mean, but, but but yeah, I mean, up to that point, it was kind of a an odd period for them because they'd done their fake for well, they're supposedly tour. retired. Right, and then they did their, their thing with Aerosmith, and then they did their their tour with Tommy and Eric, starting this lineup, and they just kind of just did random f- strange fests, if I remember. Did they really do any right? big
0: full tours after the no. Aerosmith thing with Tommy and no. Eric? Oh, no, they did a full tour in 2004. Oh, that's right, with Poison, right? Yeah,
1: Yep, they did that. I saw that one. That was the um, last one I, I... saw. Mm-hmm. That that one I remember when I saw Poison, Ricky Rocket was drumming to an entire other band. It was so bad.
0: That's every but, Poison uh, show. <laughs>
1: oh, <is it> okay. <laughs> He's consistent then. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, moving forward uh, from yeah, that, how is it the the
0: musicians in Poison uh, being practicing, working, and functioning musicians actually got worse with experience and time on the road? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it is. It's like the sliding scale of he says he, he likes to play off beat. Because he can't play. <laughs> that's all he was explaining. Yeah, they want me to play uh, perfect on the on the first album, but
0: uh, yeah, this wasn't my style. That, where, where does that guy get the balls to make drums and sell them? Shouldn't <laughs> sure, sure you know how to play them if you're gonna make them? It's no. I guess it's no different than when Brett Michaels was uh, remodeling uh, RVs because he's been in one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right on tour. He's next. He's expert. an expert. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move forward. This is not the. This is not the uh, flesh and blood discussion.
0: Man, that should be our next one. <laughs> we left off with them touring with Poison.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they came up with that. Like VH1 came up with that stupid another uh, show, Rock Honors. They were on that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just random things they did, but there's well, no Family Jewels was
0: going at this time. Oh
1: yes, exactly. Okay, Family Jewels, Phantom this time. of the Opera, right, and. And I, I think that Family Jewels was kind of one of the main reasons. I think they did this was it kind of leveraged that. That all of a sudden, you know, bankers that I worked with at the time knew who Gene Simmons was. Uh, was. But anyway, so they getting a little recognition there, and that kind of led up to ACDC sold an album to Walmart. We'll sell an album yeah. to Walmart, and don't forget Journey. Oh yes, Journey too. So yeah, continuous. So that was kind of the ramp up, um, and uh, I mean, I was excited. I, you kind of you're a bit of a uh, a theist though you're, you're prejudiced against Tommy Thayer so I'm, I'm guessing were you excited to hear this
0: absolutely not? yeah d- totally okay. look my, my feelings on Tommy and Eric dressing as Ace and Peter uh, and, and I, I refuse to accept any other spin because he, the spin that they give is actually more insulting than the fact that they're just doing it you know like oh it's always been the characters no it fucking hasn't so fuck off but anyway I'm, I'm not getting into that I think they're both good players. I like kiss music. I like new new stuff. So I was actually looking forward to it. It uh it was really a bummer of a car ride home from Walmart <laughs> listening to this fucking shit. Ugh. Sonic Boom was the 19th album from the band, and it was their first in 11 years, which we kind of touched on a little bit. It was released on October 6, 2009, produced by Paul Stanley and co-produced by Greg Collins. For some reason, that slipped past me. Do you remember there being a co-producer on this? I don't have the CD in front of me.
1: Um, I think I, I remember hearing something about that. But I didn't recognize it until uh, your other favorite album, Monster, came out, and yeah. he was on there again. They said this is the same engineer. I always remember. I think I just remember it just being Paul Stanley.
0: Yeah, I mean, he probably was there more to make sure the buttons worked right. But uh, correct. Um, I know a lot was made that Paul was like, "I would only do it if I could produce," you know, mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. So it's the first album to officially feature Tommy Thayer on it and Eric Singer as Peter. Eric, of course, was in the band for uh, Revenge and Carnival of Souls. So Paul is quoted as saying, the purpose of this album isn't to let people know that we're still around, it's to let people know we can still knock anybody out who's out there. Nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Knocking them out while
1: wearing a patterned silk shirt. Knocking them out like Ambien.
2: Oh my God. This album
0: is a fucking sleeping pillow. One thing uh, that that I... Found out, you know, before the album was released, that definitely got the nether regions, nether regions of a 2009 Baco tingling. Was that uh, Michael Dorrit, uh, who uh, painted probably my favorite Kiss album cover of all time, "Rock and Roll Over," was brought on to do this one. I, I was really looking forward to it, and boy, was I disappointed. Did you like the cover?
1: It is exactly the cover. I would think that an album sold exclusively at Walmart would have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I talk about mailing it in. I mean, I don't even I think he just took the fucking check. And then, like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit, I, I got to get that cover done. To, they need it tomorrow.
1: No, whatever he was paid was was too much. I mean, you look at it. It's like, I don't think it's even a, a painting. I think it's a computer graphic. Of some type. Yeah, it just looks like it just looks like shit. The color scheme, everything like that. It looks like the first version of rock and roll over that was rejected. Uh, anyway,
0: continue. It was a three-disc set. I actually was surprised at how good the Kiss Classics CD sounded, Uh, although I've never gone back and listened to it. I'm just saying, I actually expected that to be just complete garbage, and I'm like, these actually don't sound bad. Again, I've never gone back and listened to it, but I remember going, eh, yeah. The Kiss
1: Classics re-recorded whatever it was. Every single one of those 15 tracks basically summarizes why KISS covers are very tricky to do. And that is mm-hmm. that KISS songs are so simple uh, with the hooks and everything like that, that there's all these little nuances that if you fuck them up or don't do something innovative with it, it sounds like shit. And you take that same band, <laughs> you take the same band and it re- record them. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, these are all crappy songs. It, you just, there's just slight variations that you're like, oh, I think where I'm something.
0: coming from on this, loose is because I don't uh. disagree with what you're saying. Uh, is that I had such a low expectation of what that was going to be because I heard about it when they released it in Japan a year or so earlier, yeah. uh, that I was like, okay, actually this isn't this is not complete garbage. Uh, so I, I'm again I've never gone back and oh, I want to listen to this version of the song. You know, it, it, it never replaced <laughs> anything for me. But I, I was just maybe because I was just expecting so little, and I was amazed by that. But and, uh, and
1: why 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 were the only why were there only six songs on a DVD? What, what the a, fuck? What a
0: fucking waste of a DVD, huh? Why even bother? Right.
1: Why? Why? Have you? I watched. I don't think I watched it all the way through. I watched a little bit. It was. It was like it was at River Plate, and it was filmed crappy and again why six songs i had it i guarantee it had to do with some kind of royalties paid if it was the whole thing
0: yeah probably. who knows i what anyway again why? just just a waste don't even put yep. it in there i wrapping it up here Lewis, the album received generally positive reviews from critics lies it's also their highest charting record. It debuted at number two on the Billboard 200, selling 108,000 copies in its first week. I'll do a little math for you here, some Minnesota math for you. Because Please. of that second disc, that means they sold uh, 159,000 copies of that. Uh, Is that
1: actually how it was counted? Yes.
0: I- I've oh, had people debate shit. me on this, but I-, I know this. It did sell well for the time. It did not do what they wanted it to, I can guarantee that, because of the success ACDC had with Walmart and Journey, which both of those records also, uh, I know Journey did, I don't know if... uh uh acdc had a second disc but journey had a second disc of that new guy singing all the old songs just like this one and and those both went platinum this album i don't right. believe ever was certified in, in, in even gold to my knowledge but maybe no. i don't know
1: it, it's also an anomaly of an album because it's not included in any of their sets because they don't own the rights to it they basically just signed it away it's not on it's not oh, on because Spotify. of the walmart deal Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify. It wasn't part of the. They did some like deluxe uh, vinyl reissue. Yeah, of their it's not part catalog. of that
0: uh, Kiss Roadcase box set either. You know, with all the nope. albums. It's and it
1: is exactly the album that sounds like somebody just gave you a check for for it and said, "If you make this, we'll give you this this amount of money." Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. At this time, you know, music the music industry had changed obviously with that whole thing of being number number two with one hundred eight thousand or fifty nine thousand or however you want to put it were. Album sales are just tanking, and Walmart was a way for oh. artists to be paid in full mm-hmm. for an album and then not be paid per album past that. They would basically agree to a certain number of copies they would purchase for a certain amount per album, as I understand, and just give you a check up front. And, and Guns N' Roses did that with
0: Best Buy. Right.
1: That was another example of that. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I imagine that Walmart basically said, we'll buy, we'll commit to – Uh, 500,000 copies of this album at a dollar each. Here's a half million dollars. There's no, and I think that's one of the main reasons that there are no outside writers as well. So they just, you know, from a songwriting thing or however they want to do it, they just split it or based on the number of songs. Gene got X, Paul got Y, and Tommy got, uh, you know, a uh, a coupon for Sonic.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's paid in Sonic gift cards.
1: (laughs) It's corn dogs for the rest of your life.
0: Oh, Tommy, we bought a Sonic. You get to be the manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do I have that wrong? Or is that no,
0: everything is correct the there to my knowledge. Um, and, and included in the Walmart deal was that Walmart agreed to put up little KISS mini stores where there's exclusive KISS merchandise only available at Walmart. That is one thing I will never forgive KISS for is making me go to Walmart. I, I don't know about you, but I fucking hate Walmart. It is, it, it it's a soul sucking experience. No matter what city it's in, that when a true fact, when Walmart opens a brand new store, they make sure that the bathroom is already dirty and filled with toilet paper and shit before they open the doors. Has, <laughs> no, you they know,
2: don't.
1: Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that was actually part of their uh, yeah. standard yeah. Okay, standard
0: now, operating procedure? They like someone piss hey. on the floor and throw some toilet paper down here. Anybody got no, anybody what? feel sick? Right, we need some vomit over on the wall.
1: <laughs> you guys. I will pay you. You don't even need to take a lunch break. Go to Sonic, eat corn dogs. Come back in here and blow the fuck up all these toilets so people we wanted to have the same experience from day one.
0: Where's Tony? He's supposed to be out in the parking lot spitting chewed gum on the ground.
1: <laughs> just can you imagine that Walmart just just opens up fresh like it like it is in two weeks. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Make sure we have aggressive Girl Scouts selling cookies on the way in.
1: Make sure when you're at the checkout line, you look like you hate your life. And make sure you don't know. I know it's you just dead
3: started. Dead behind the pa- eyes. When somebody
0: asks. Walmart wanted. Looking for uh, unenergized people who are dead behind the eyes. And, and are thinking <laughs> of committing suicide. Apply at your local Walmart.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I think that was actually the original ad for Peter Chris.
0: Oh my god, you know shit. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I think Peter rang me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, do you remember the stupid video that they made where all members of KISS were working on? Oh my at Walmart? god,
0: that that is you know that like uh, uh, Mike Tyson as Kith. Uh, the uh, outlet socket where they put makeup on all the outlets. It's a four-way socket. And that video uh-huh. in the Folgers commercial. People think, as because they know me as a KISS fan, that I've never seen this shit. So they got to <laughs> share it with me constantly. <laughs> hey, check this out. Kith. So, yeah, I've seen that fucking commercial. It's hideous. And it, it, it just shows how little people actually understand me at times. It's like, you thought I would like this? No, this is don't embarrassing. Understand. When you see that,
1: when you see that, it's the same thing as like when you're watching some horror movie and you're like looking through your hands, through your fingers slightly.
0: Oh.
1: Um, well, I know you don't because you just look directly into the eyes of the human centipede. But uh,
0: <laughs> I love horror movies. <laughs> I know you do, and documentaries like Human Centipede. Yeah. So anyway, I went to a Walmart near work, and they did not have a Kiss Superstore set up on the inside. So I actually drove <laughs> to another fucking Walmart just because I had to see these special stuff and this the second one did have it and they had a little display set up it was to call it a a mini store is even an exaggeration it was a large cardboard display i did buy some kiss m&ms and i bought my fucking cd because i had to drive to this other walmart i had a nice half hour drive home and by the time i got home i was fucking mad you made me go to walmart for this fuck this (laughs) So I went
1: to Walmart and I made my way back to the music section when any store used to have one. And I passed by. On the way there is the automotive section. I passed by. And it looked like Vinny Vincent was there and he was trying to sell me a car mat, an ACDC car mat,
0: <laughs> oh, by the yeah. way. Because, Exclusively available at Walmart.
1: Yeah. Because every single thing I think for two years sold at Walmart, any clothes had the AC/DC logo on them. Yeah. I'm not sure if you ever noticed that. But yeah, anyway, oh, yeah. But yeah. in contrast, I went back to the music section, could not find Sonic Boom anywhere. Finally found a somebody. I, they didn't even have an alpha. I just looked for somebody that looked dead behind the eyes. And once i located that person, I asked them where it was. They finally found it. It actually wasn't even out on the floor that day. It was still in the back.
0: I'm guessing the, the uh, heads of Walmart listened to it before uh, sending it to the stores. <laughs> they just hid it. It made no sense. Here's an exclusive. Typical kiss, though, right? A lot of hype yeah. and then under-deliver. Under because when ACDC's record came out, you could not walk around Walmart without seeing fucking ACDC.
1: Uh-uh. I mean, you would go there; they had AC/DC merch on the checkout line. Yep, yep. It was everywhere. Anyway,
0: that's my experience. Let's get into it, huh? Let's just start our track by track. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> me, me too, man. Let's get into Sonic Boom. I think you dropped the M. Yeah, intentionally. Uh. Sonic Boom starts off with Modern Day Delilah. I still- Was leaked a little bit before they they, it came out. Yep. And and, uh, you know, I obviously I have a lot of you know Kiss friends, you know, locally and on Facebook. You know, so this kind of stuff finds its way to me, much like those hilarious Kiss memes. A lot of people had a lot of like. This is a really good tune, man. I I fucking love it. Really looking forward to the new record. And I'm like, well, it's just the first song. (laughs) I'm like, to me, I'm like, well, I'm sure there's better stuff on there. I liked it. I liked what I heard the first minute. Uh, because that whole
1: listen and it, and, it's, and it had that a riff, you know, just a continuous riff going through it, and, I, and I've heard it compared to flow Pearl Jam. From the preview, I was actually pretty excited from hearing it.
0: Yeah, not me. Um, okay. I, I didn't expect it to be a harbinger of things to come because a lot of times I don't really care for a lead single on a on a from an artist, so I, I, don't, I didn't get too dejected. Especially when it's a band that I'm as into as much as Kiss, I figure you know whatever, this song isn't for me.
1: Yeah, I also like the title because of the fact that it didn't involve the word love or rock. So I was like, this is going to be a pr- pretty good song.
0: I thought it was unnecessarily intellectual because it's Kiss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. I was like, that is true. I was like, what is a modern day Delilah? Is that just, uh, well, first off, Delilah, Samson Delilah. So it's about
0: a hairdresser, you know,
1: a, a hairdresser, and a guy that loses his hair. So I guess it's about Paul and Gene. Hmm, yeah. You know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah, and and if thankfully when they switched to wigs, their music got worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so what? I mean, a modern day Delilah. I've never heard that term ever until that song. Is it a term? Do people? It was first I heard it too. So okay, Uh,
0: written by Paul Stanley, uh, Stanley (coughs) World Incorporated LLC. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, not I I threw the LLC in there. This song is it's kind of plotty. It's very slow. Um, it takes a while to get into it. I, I I just at no point am looking forward to anything but for this to finish. And <laughs> and I know you and I had some Good. off-air discussion. I actually think that, yeah, the guitar solo here is the beginning of what will be a recurring theme through here. Because I think on Monster, it's a little different. Tommy sticks out a little bit more on his own. He kind of gets does. that Ace vibe. But this one is literally filled with just like six second snippets of Ace Frehley solos. It's taken Frankenstein. From, yep, yep. There you go. There's your Frankenstein. It's I, I call it you know we had the L C Generator three thousand. This is oh, the yeah. Ace Freely simulator two thousand. Or maybe Fristle. an emulator. <laughs>
1: Press a button and just random riffs that you know you've heard before, but you you can't completely
0: yeah.
1: place the song. Have you placed them? Did you do your research?
0: Some of them, yeah. Or- I mean, and, and and I'll try to drop some of those comparisons in as we go. So, so hopefully, I can make actually sell my point. He seems to lean very heavy on the shock me solo, uh, maybe because it's so long. But he, he he touches on that a little bit on this one, in my opinion. And then he goes all over the place. Like I said, you know, you take all the ace's solos. Uh, Chop them into little five-second bits, and then when you need 15 seconds, pick three. What is your synopsis of modern-day Delilah? One of the best songs on the album,
1: but it first reveals the the ego of Paul Stanley for not using any kind of uh, studio wizardry, because he is way the fuck blowing his voice out on on this song, especially on this one part. This is the only song they ever played. They went on David Letterman, they went on The Tonight Show. And every time it was a bad performance where I was like cringing yeah. when it would get down to it. This is the point where all of a sudden he went from having an awesome voice in the reunion tour to, you know, s- still sound pretty good on 2004, those tours to all of a sudden something fucking happened. This was the beginning yeah. of it.
0: Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I agree. And, but this is also around the time that basically, uh, you know, KISS started to get a lot of attention and respect from people who have never cared about KISS. You know, suddenly they, of- were, they were on like network television shows and stuff, and P- and I don't think these these people have no idea what Kiss is supposed to sound like. To me, Kiss got slower as they got older. They got slower when they injected Eric and Tommy into it. The energy was gone in live performances, and yeah, I've seen the song played live, and it's like you actually made this song even more plotty by playing it live. It's, it's just, I agree with you. It's it, it was difficult to watch them perform this.
1: It really was, uh, but. With that said, did you ever see that really fake documentary made by the same company that made Family Jewels about the Sonic Boom tour that was on?
0: (laughs) Where they lost
1: Eric? Where they lost Eric, but the most important part was that Doc McGee's negotiating, and there's some fest. And last minute, they say, we need Kiss to headline this fest, and we'll pay them a million dollars or something like that. And I'm like, what fest
0: on earth? Last minute gets a headliner. That's not how you sell tickets. It made no sense. I like the part where, like, Paul Stanley is, like, burning the candle at both ends by wrapping up a painting.
1: (laughs) I like the part where he goes, we got to go on tour. He's like, I need to stop eating this food. What
2: the fuck? We need somebody to headline the fest. Who's got a million dollars? We need Kiss to save the day.
0: Wonder Twins, activate. (laughs) I'm excited about the next track, Loose, because I know you're a huge fan of Gene singing on this record. Uh, track two brings us to Russian Roulette.
1: So this begins my main gripe with this album. Actually uh, above all else, not Paul's voice, not the songwriting, which I do have a lot of issue with, but the <laughs> but the actual performance of Gene. Say what you will about any opinion you have on Monster, but Gene came back in a monster way as far as his vocals for that album in comparison to this. This is if these vocals are the same thing is listening to Gene doing the intros for Family Jewels when you sit down on the couch and just talk. I know what it takes to be a rock star. I've been there and I've done that. That's how he does his vocals on this entire album. Some ladies love me. <laughs> Some ladies don't. <laughs> I literally think that here's how it went. Gene got a call from Paul. Paul said, "We got a we got a check from from Walmart for five hundred thousand dollars. I'll give you two fifty. I keep two fifty. I need you to give vocals for four songs on this album." He goes, "Done." And all he did is he walked off the set of Family Jewels, talked into a microphone, and went back. That's fucking it. There is zero <laughs> singing by Gene on this album.
0: I have less of an issue with it than you. I like some of the cleaner sounding Gene. Uh, as far as his vocals on this record, I, I think they're okay. Uh, they're not my favorites, uh, but he, you know, he kind of did that on Crazy Nights too. Yeah, but that was done in a, a, a different
1: fashion. Where like a little the, bit. Uh,
0: well, he was like also the, 20 years younger. You know, I mean,
1: I don't care. He's fucking talking. He's not singing. He can bring it. He did a monster as far as his vocal performance. This and, is uh, Russian
3: roulette.
1: Okay, first there is a perfect example: <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein thing. Dumb vocals. Uh, the dumb lyrics and vocals leading up to it plodding a little ACDC uh, to it and, uh, and then all of a sudden the chorus comes out of something it's, it's like basically something wedged together I haven't heard the box set but I guarantee parts of the song are somewhere in his demos it's just all Frankenstein together the fucking <laughs> chorus makes no sense
0: I will tell you this, you, you are you are right on one thing you just said, the lo- the lyrics in the chorus don't make sense. This is Russian Roulette, one pull of the trigger is all you're gonna get. The deck is loaded, no, no, it's not loaded, and it's not a deck, it's, it's got one bullet. That's how fucking Russian Roulette works, you idiot.
1: It's not one pull of the trigger,
0: you keep going. Right, yeah, you pass it around. You can look baby, but you just can't touch, what the fuck does that mean? It doesn't make anything. And by the way, you're not playing Russian roulette while also
1: playing a card game.
0: Yeah, he thinks Russian roulette is a card game. What we know, <laughs> With what we know now about our current president, I think Gene was the guy who filmed him in Russia peeing on hookers.
1: <laughs> I think you're right, too. This goal also goes into one of the things I have uh, an issue with is it's been 11 years. These are the best lyrics you can come up with. I mean it's not like this band is always known for <laughs> lyrics, but you know, he's eloquent in his interviews, he's on family jewels, he's he's you know got this whole different exposure um, as far as just a a celebrity in some way, an audience, and this is what he puts forth. That's my issue with it.
0: It's difficult to, to write inspired lyrics if if you're not inspired, you know what oh, I mean? No. And and I wouldn't doubt that it's just as simple as that. I was going to save this for a little bit later, but you, it kind of ties into a couple comments you made on this song. You Because know, you you talked about there being 11 years, they might have some good songs written. None of this was written before. If any if any one of these songs took more than 30 minutes to write, I would be shocked.
1: It, is, it sounds exactly like somebody that was already paid for the work they had to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's going to be a recurring theme as we go through here. I, I, I think
1: so, yeah. I mean, imagine if your job, they paid you on January 1st, they paid you your entire salary. Yeah. That's that's basically the
0: the That's a the very core. good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So Which brings us to track 3, Never Enough. <laughs> I don't know about you. I like this song better when it was called Nothing But A Good Time. I like
1: it when it was called Nothing But A Good Time on Saturday Night when it's all right for fighting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this almost seems like Paul Stanley daring poison to sue him. This is so blatant. You could do karaoke to this song and just put in the Poison's lyrics. It's,
1: it's as if they went on tour with Poison and he said, that's a really good song. Which is I a weird thing a little... because
0: Nothing But A Good Time opens with kind of a, uh, uh, a ripoff of Deuce. And how about this?
1: I think Nothing But A Good Time, if you're going to compare it to a band's, one of their iconic songs, I'll take Nothing But A Good Time over Rock and Roll Night. I think it's a better song.
0: I'm okay with that. I don't know that I would agree, but I haven't thought about it more than you just mentioning it. So, but if there's a Poison song, I you know I'm not a big Poison fan, but they got some songs that's up there. That's a decent one. For yeah, them.
2: yeah,
1: come on, it's it's catchy. But uh, but yeah, I mean you hear this and it's 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 basically nothing but a good time with
0: a chorus just wedged in there again. You know, I don't I don't feel that way, the, the Frankenstein thing, as much as you do. Now, if it is, it's with the Gene songs. More, uh, more on that
1: end. You're right. You're right.
0: Uh, this song does seem to have a natural flow, because it had a natural flow when Poison wrote it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. The drums are so boring in this song.
0: Well, it is Eric Singer playing. He's basically uh, the WNBA of drummers. <laughs> Fundamentally sound. <laughs> I'll tell you this much.
1: I think that, that it would have uh, definitely helped if they had Ricky Rockin on it, just to have it just a
0: little offbeat. Yeah, just to have it offbeat, off time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I, clearly we both noticed the <laughs> blatant ripoff of nothing but a good time. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing else to say about this I really, this, really. don't uh, either, man. <laughs> I, I mean – It um, might be my favorite song on the record.
1: <laughs> right, because it's it's based on another song that's catchy. And, and the I like the – I actually do like the theme of never enough because I, I always said I, I suffer from never enough disease because I'll be at work or this or that or the podcast. I always want it to be better and, and everything like that. It, it's, it is never enough. So I like that actually – that sentiment. But as far as the actual
0: – Classic Paul Stanley lyrics.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely living to win. <laughs> when you have never enough.
0: Next up, we have a classic Gene Simmons move, which is to dig deep into the well of the Gene Simmons vault, and <laughs> uh, a song called Yes, I Know, and then your favorite, in parentheses, Nobody's Perfect. Yeah!
1: love parentheses. I, I, can, I, can I start this one, please? Absolutely. Drink. This is the one song that I hear everybody saying this is the classic. Uh, this is such a great Gene Simmons song because it really reminds me of rock and roll over. This is all I know about this song. Yes, I know that Gene has some kind of uh, investment in the chiropractic business. Because he continuously talks about letting somebody's backbone slip. Let me tell you, I don't even know what that means. If you're getting you just get nailed real hard by the by the, the demon. But here's the thing. If your backbone slips,
0: you are fucked. Do you understand that? What does that lyric even mean? I have no idea. I'm yeah, I, I mean it doesn't it sounds kind of sexual though, right? Right. Your backbone is
1: slowly uh releasing the tension or something like that but if a disc slips it. if a disc slips apparently gene likes to bang women so hard that they lay on the floor and they can't get up <laughs> you know the whole thing like 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 rode rode her hard and put <laughs> their away Their legs turn to
0: rubber they can't feel their toes
1: <laughs> they're just laying on the on the floor quivering because <laughs> they just had they just had a spinal injury
0: and he's what like the
1: fuck is that lyric and uh, by
0: the way <laughs>
1: It's Russian Roulette.
0: It's not in that It <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's Gene fucking a chick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's used that backbone slip in that, and it came up on Eat Your Heart Out. And if you listen to some of the songs in the box set that I've just had samples of here and there, he uses backbone. Backbone? That fucking guy loves the skeleton.
0: Now I will say this, the his singing on this one is like listening to an audiobook.
1: Oh my god, yes. It's like it's like
0: I'm Gene going to Simmons. strike while the iron's hot tonight. You got something you want to talk about? Well, I got something you can't live without. That's basically how he sings it. <laughs> Perfect take!
2: Let's,
1: let's, let's do it! You mailed it in! Let, this is another part about he it. He recorded it on his iPhone. The, the most, yeah, probably, he's like, there seems to be a new memo feature on this phone. This will make my process so much easier. I mean look look at this. He, at you know, you've seen
0: the size of his fingers, right? He, does he have like some <laughs> special like jumbo iPhone that that so his like thumb doesn't hit seven things at once on the
1: screen? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the other thing I was to say is the part that I almost uh, uh, just threw up a little bit in my mouth is when he goes "Dig on
2: your clothes,
3: baby." <laughs>
0: One of the reasons I was kind of excited for this record is that there was a lot of legacy acts kind of coming back strong at that time as I recall. This sounded like Kiss trying to like pretend they're twenty seven still. Like I can I can hear them play Christine sixteen live and enjoy yeah. it, but I don't right. want them to write that now because I know they're fucking sixty seven years old. My God, quit what what first is it like off, to be you first now? First off
1: they were at most 59 years old
0: during this. Totally changes my point, Loose. Yeah, they're Do late you know, 50s, early 60s, whatever, but they're too fucking old to talk about the shit they're talking about and and be believable. Do you know what I mean? When right, the, but,
1: but the, the, the lyric that's the most offensive, though, is when he says, just grab her in the pussy.
0: Flip a coin, it's heads or tails tonight. That means he's going to either fuck her in the ass or get a blowjob. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs>
1: It is just it's just awful lyrics everything about it but again it sounds like three songs put together and what about the solo Take off your I do have to say that I question my sanity. The fact that I'm spending—both of us are spending our time, <laughs> our valuable time. We're very, very important people. We're and trying we to spending we're, our time.
0: This is a public service, loose. <laughs>
1: So we're trying to prevent people from from going back to Walmart, the only place that possibly can find it, and talking to a dead-eyed employee. Oh my god! And I saw like a half Sonic dozen Boom. of these
0: at a half-price books about a month ago. Really? Yeah, sealed, okay. sealed, <laughs> sealed. Yeah. So Walmart I mean, just, is taking their inventory to half-price books.
1: You notice that after Sonic Boom was came out, that nobody did this this uh, business model. Anymore? <laughs> yeah,
0: that it was the end. It,
1: <laughs> it really was. 2010, you didn't hear anything else. You didn't hear about any big bands doing Walmart exclusives anymore. It was over.
0: Next up, we have Stan.
1: On the, the drive home from Walmart, this is the track that finally made me want to throw the, the CD out the window.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you this. You say that? The whole drive home for me on Walmart, I just remember inching that window down and like just talking myself off the ledge. Like, just roll it up, Jason. <laughs> just it's like stop. Just the the stop! CD is like a pair of earbuds to me.
1: <laughs> use to throw it right out the window. I love it. <laughs> uh, carry use on. once and just dis- use once and destroy. Yes, yeah. So with- it's, it's, so yeah. I mean, first off, you know what? This is you know their cover of God rock. Uh, God gave rock and roll was called God gave rock and roll to you two, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is God gave rock and roll to you three. Is what, oh, I'm gonna call yeah. you. You know what I like that the third. The third in any series is always the worst. Beverly Hills Cop three, Police Academy three. Uh, you're human ce- not Human uh, Human centipede
0: Part Three. Uh, <laughs> wrong.
1: <laughs> Can you think of any other?
0: Well, I examples? actually think Friday the Thirteenth uh, Three is the best movie of the franchise, and. Uh,
1: Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 is actually quite good. The Journey Warriors. Good
0: good point. Um, Hmm. And of course, uh, Return of the Jedi is everybody's favorite Star Wars.
1: You know what? Maybe that's not a perfect example. The the thing is, this is the Police Academy 3. It's a good example.
0: Wait a second. Isn't Police Academy 3 the one where we see Leslie Easterbrook's boobs through a wet shirt? Because if it is, that is easily the best one.
1: Possibly, but I will tell you this. This might actually be, I'll take it next level. This is the Police Academy 4 of songs because Police Academy 4 ended with, in the first time at that time and since, a hot air balloon chase. Do you remember this?
0: Sadly. Sadly. How did that hot franchise get so many sequels? What, I don't know. I mean, like, who like, was calling for it? Like, you know, we need another fucking Police Academy. And then they
1: started doing direct-to-DVD ones. When I first saw heard the song, I was like, are they singing about their wives? Are they singing about themselves? Because if they're singing about themselves, it's the greatest
0: lie ever told. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by my side and I'm going to throw you under the bus because I'm bitter. <laughs> Stand by my side as I roll you
1: under a fucking truck.
0: stand by my side I'm going to push
1: you into traffic the point is this song is nothing but a clever ruse it is a complete uh, you know curtain put up in front of us where we do not know the dynamic behind it and it is it is just a very odd song it has every single step of it from the breakdown to the solo all the stuff it is it is the God uh, the bastard child of God gave rock and roll to you
0: I like that comparison I, I hadn't thought about it that way but uh It's it also, uh, you know, us Kiss fans, we also we all get erect anytime Gene and Paul split vocals. And uh, you and I are on the same page, if I remember right, that that would have happened more over time where if Paul would allow it. I think Gene would have always been down for it. But Paul seemed to like, I don't want Gene to get any attention when I'm singing.
1: That's the whole thing is that, that what is amazing to me is that somehow they fucked up. A Gene and Paul trade-off vocal. This is the only example of it. I well, like I, all the other versions.
0: I, I'm on record as saying that I don't like anything on this album. So keep that in mind when I make this when I drop this bomb on you and you, it's it's like boom. All right. Yeah. This might be my favorite song on the album. <laughs> yeah. Be- because of the fact that it, it, it it's has catchy. both of them on vocals. Right. It's got the big chorus. I and I agree with everything you just said. It is. I don't need great vocals or great lyrics to, uh, to enjoy a song. It can be stupid. And this is kind of a dumb song that way. Um, but yeah, I, it, it doesn't really uh, move the meter for me as far as liking the album or not. It's just that, well, compared to everything else so far, it's my favorite song. Yeah, I can see that.
1: This album, the, the thing that suffers from the most is the idea of not getting outside co-writers. If they had co-writers, a lot of these songs could and have been improved. And a, and a producer. Both of those things are, are greatly lacking. With that, I'll give you an example. Asylum, don't like that? Still can see the songwriting on the songs that I do like on that are worlds beyond. It's
0: funny you mention that. This There are so many uh, times listening to this record that harken back to the, the whole sound and songwriting of Asylum for me. They always talked at the time like we were trying to go back to Love Gun kind of feel when they wrote this, you know. Um, oh, right. No, Destroyer. you went back to 1985. This sounds like Bruce Kulick with an Ace Frehley emulator. Uh, yep. it, it just it just it reminded me of that record, which is probably my least favorite Kiss record uh, from f- besides this one in Monster.
1: It needs a co. It needs a co-writer. It needs a producer. They have always been a band where the ego. It's like us. The only people that should not need an outside producer you know, is, is, is us. I mean, we, we don't need outside opinions on our show because everything we do is amazing, but everybody else needs somebody to be able to say, this is good. This is bad. But since everything we do, Yeah. yeah, since everything we do is fine, we don't need a producer, but everybody else, come
0: on. As much as, you know, this, I would say this record is Kiss trying to be something Kiss used to be. I think that is who Kiss is now trying to be what they once were
1: not even that but it shows the ego of paul stanley to think that the vocals he did on this album were should be the final takes
0: i don't think his vocal this this album and even monster i think the the vocals are at least solid i'm not i i, I he's got his his issues and they're well documented but i really don't think that is what holds this album back
1: is anybody is do you think anybody's actually listening to this right now that's like furious at his opinion
0: i'm pretty sure mark cicchini doesn't listen to our show
1: (laughs) this is the top three album for him i don't
0: know i know he defended it with when uh, he he tried to they had chuck klosterman on three sides of the coin if you haven't listened to that that would be one episode i would say go back and listen to it is fun especially pay attention to mark cicchini try to pretend he actually understands what chuck klosterman is saying at almost any point Anyway, I'm really excited for this next song because we've touched into it a little bit and sure. and, and I've always enjoyed your take on it. That's hot and cold. Hey!
1: Cold. Here's a song that, for no apparent reason, they pulled out in the Kiss Cruise at least once. <laughs> and I think they actually Gene Simmons covered Nobody in wants a solo to band.
0: hear is that you. Here's Hot and Cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, this song is the most uninspired. I, this is this is you know what this is. This is this is Doctor Seuss
0: bo- if Doctor Seuss was retarded. <laughs>
1: This is this is Blackstone Cherry uh, rewrite of Blame It on the Boom Boom.
0: <laughs> Great track.
1: <laughs> I mean, hot or cold. Can you think of some more rhymes? Can we just do this?
0: Sure, yeah. You want to go back and forth? A little A B Baco de Luce If they're bad cards, you should fold. Don't grab that pan, cuz it's scold. Ding hot. <laughs> if you hear muzak, you're on hold. <laughs>
1: I'm done paying interest because my house is sold.
0: (laughs) Uh, If you seem contrite, you'll get paroled. (laughs) If you're on the list, you're enrolled. (laughs) If you're not convinced, (laughs) you're not cajoled. (laughs) Cajoled? I think we actually wrote better lyrics here. I mean, I think we did. Can you imagine? This could this could be a worldwide hit. Gene, give us a call. I just want to cut. Yeah, this song sucks. This song made me feel dumber. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul another ace rip all over the solos on this uh fuck it Uh, again it's all those
1: things that you're listening to it and you're like the solo sounds good but yet i've heard it before but
0: in some like I've heard seven-tenths of the solo. Oh, my God. Maybe uh, we should do an episode where I have a game where uh, you have to tell me if it's a, a Tommy solo off of Sonic Boom or an Ace solo off of anything else.
1: <laughs> That's a good game. Now we're coming up to the song that, you know, I, I guess it would irritate me the most about the, the whole point of this album, the thing that makes it a complete formula and something I do not need.
0: All for the
2: Glory.
1: Do Does anybody, was anybody when this album came out hoping for songs from Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer? <laughs> and I am not a hater, but all through the 80s, the only song we ever got from Eric Carr was Little Caesar, a song about getting two-for-one pizzas. That's it.
0: I'm guessing this has more to do with them trying to you know, recreate the 70s vibe where almost every record after Destroyer or after Rock and Roll Over had a, a song by each one of them singing.
1: Uh, well, that's exactly what it is. So, for this being Peter Curse's song, you know, it's, it's as good as Hooligan.
0: <laughs> I mean, I... Yeah. Uh, too bad Paul didn't write Peter's song in 1977. Yeah. But uh, anything else you want to say about this song?
1: You Isn't it weird on?
0: that every drummer in Kiss has had the same vocal style? Well, they're all I that guess. raspy kind of, you know, Rod Stewart kind of guy. Peter's the best of the three. Uh, but uh, you know, Eric Singer and Eric Carr are very close to the same singer. No, I would say that.
1: I, I, I would think that part of their their qualification would be: Can you pull off Black Diamond?
0: <laughs> are you short? And can you pull off Black Diamond?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, can you play? Can you play our final song and our set? I mean, this song really does highlight. There's that part where it kind of breaks down. you hear Paul, like, he's a great harmonizing vocalist. Him and Gene together do have a great sound. But Agreed. Paul really kind of stands out singing on this one.
1: Yeah, there's just enough on this track to make me think, man, like you just said, I love when they harmonize. But again, it's not on a good song.
0: Yeah, not really. I mean, everything on this record's kind of... It sounds, I don't know, just anticipated and like not really inspired it's, we keep going back to that
1: you know as both a listener to the album at this point and on the po- uh, you know doing this podcast I'm exhausted Bako <laughs>
0: <laughs> this album is absolutely exhausting me to the point the where week why do we even do this? has killed me on this thing uh, I really hope <laughs> that uh, we are doing people a, a public service here
1: I, I could not complete an entire song when I was I was revisiting this and you know I would get to them like okay I remember this is all there is it's not going to get better it's not going to get better
0: there is nothing on this record that when you hear it go fuck yeah and that's kind of sad it's
1: and, it, and it, it was this is it it's it's something that's that's basically it's a reverse of wine where it does not age gracefully or, or <laughs> get better get better in time because at the time i was like okay this is this is okay this Kiss is wine decent. available
0: at kissonline.com
1: <laughs> that that is the reverse wine too it absolutely does not get better with age you know what it is? Actually, they have. It goes. This is a bit of an anomaly. We actually call this the Sonic Boom Vineyard. If 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 great, it gets worth throwing age. It's the only grape that does it. It ferments backwards.
0: It's a special Sonic Boom grape. That's what I'm saying. It's.
1: it's, it's they som- play Sonic
0: boom, <laughs> boom while the grapes grow. <laughs> it's Bizarro grapes. And they turn into raisins. <laughs> Oh
1: God, but but yeah, I mean, I I mean, when I went back to this, I was like, man, I did, and I will, you know, definitely. This record
0: is the prune juice of (laughs) 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 Kissel.
1: There you go. It's turned it. Let's go from wine to prune juice. Oh, God. I mean, with that, too, I, I highly disagree with it. Compared to Sonic Boom, Monster is like Led Zeppelin 4.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, that one song elevates it. I, the right. rest of it is the same album, though.
1: I don't think so. I like the Gene songs. Well, maybe that. people we'll can look forward to
0: us breaking down Monster. In the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> A year from now, we'll do that on our fourth anniversary. We to, to celebrate, we put ourselves through pain. <laughs> oh, Monsterd. Yeah, that's that was your joke from from day one.
0: Day Laser, one, yes, yeah, so I've, first... I've hashed that one a few times, haven't I?
1: Yeah, maybe we can pat, maybe we can patch in the part when we were doing our three sides of a shilling. We just lose your mind, and start screaming about sonic boom and monster
0: for no reason when you're drunk. <laughs> I don't want to do that. What's next? All right, up next is probably <laughs> 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 up next is dangerous. <laughs> I like to call it Danger Mouse. <laughs> I cannot get that out of my head. Every time I hear it, Paul bands like Kiss and and all that stuff. You you don't get to pretend that you're kind of like this clever wordplay guy. Danger oh, no. you, danger me, danger us. No, leave that to John Lennon or Paul Westerberg or people that are good at that. Yeah, I don't even think that's a pun. I don't even think what it. I don't even know
1: what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's the same song. Man. This is the, this is his notes left over from the "Bang Bang You" writing session.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he had leftover notes. <laughs> bang,
1: bang, you. Yeah, no, it's right. it was at first. the The first draft of this, I believe, was "Bang You, Bang Me, Bang Us." <laughs>
0: Is there a. This has to be the low point of the record. You know what I mean? Uh, this on, is, a, yeah. on a fairly low uh, curve, <laughs> this, is the, this is the bottom. My God. Has any Kiss fan defended this piece of shit? I'll tell you what. If you were in a songwriting class, does in college, Mark Ciccini like this song? <laughs> He's on the Kiss crew, no. going, Hey, play Danger Us! <laughs> And he makes a point (laughs) of like separating danger and us. No, no, (laughs) No, but here's
1: the thing: if you were in a songwriting class in college, and somebody, and some one of the students submitted this, the curve would automatically give everybody A's in (laughs)
0: class. Yes, this is this is poetry for first graders.
1: I think you're giving it too much credit. If you had a baby submit a song title, it was Gobbly Gook, blah, 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 blah. That would be better than the title and the lyrics of the song. I mean, we are talking about. The riff in this, by the way, sounds like if if Deuce was a horrible song. Listen to it, and you will see it's, it's very similar to Deuce, but somehow it destroys. The
0: oh, entire... my God. Baby, you and me, we're like TNT. Light. Oh, a lot of dynamite, dynamite in this dynamite. album,
1: too. I forgot to. Mind. The La Dynamite.
0: Every, there is not a redeeming quality to this song. And this, again, goes, you know, I, I think Paul Stanley is a good songwriter. I, I, I'm Clearly, I'm a huge Kiss fan. But I question what a man with one ear, does, is, does it not filter? <laughs> like, how did you hear this th- through the, the speakers in the studio and go, yep, yeah, let's keep it. That's got to go on the record.
1: Listen, I tell you what, if... if I don't even think a man with one ear should be able to have the title producer. They should be called just. They should just be called user. Yeah, you're only half a man.
0: I mean, how come he doesn't like uh, like produce all the records in mono? <laughs> and on the left channel. Oh my God. Uh, on no, the left listen.
1: Channel. <laughs> After hearing Dangerous, I realized what the working title of Sonic Boom was. You know what it was? What's that? Facepalm.
0: I haven't hit the gold, though, on these lyrics. Uh, Two parts of trouble. Yeah,
1: Which, by the way, is also the recipe for Kiss Jambalaya.
0: (laughs) Danger you. Danger me. Danger us. Danger us. This song is so bad, Matt Porter will just not talk about it.
1: (laughs) He won't say anything bad about it. He just won't mention
0: it. When you ask Matt Porter what he thinks about Dangerous, he starts talking about Mr. Speed. This song is fucking complete garbage. I, I, If, if you enjoy this song, you probably don't like music. He sat down and wrote this song, and he wrote these lyrics. Then he recorded it,
3: and then he heard it back,
0: <laughs> And then he put it on a record. What the hell?
1: <laughs> there are so many points where they could have aborted the exactly. mission. Exactly. There was. It was
0: like. It was like you, so many checkpoints got missed. And Paul, oh, yeah, you're. This is what a producer does. He gets rid of shit like this. Ugh. Like the, like you know the, the album would have t- suffered if it was only ten songs minus this. Jesus. Did, did you know what
1: the other working title for the album was? <laughs> what. It was just called garbage, and the track listing was just one through eleven.
0: <laughs> track no one.
1: song titles.
0: Track two.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, speaking speaking of garbage, let's, let's go on to track nine. Is it was this this title? This track was actually again the song was just called Nine in the original pressing.
0: Yeah, but by the time they released it, they called it "I'm an Animal." <laughs>
1: I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish this podcast, Paco. Should, we, almost... should we keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. This is this is a, definitely a test of, of mental endurance. All right. So I, I, I'm an uh, I'm an animal, you know. Uh, Paul
0: Stanley wrote "God of Thunder." Is that correct? Uh, let me check here. Um, according to Tommy Summers, yes.
1: <laughs> All right. Good research. So I guess. How would you compare this to God of Thunder? What's an analogy we could use here?
0: (laughs) This is God of Thumb in the Butt, Dad.
1: (laughs) He showed up again. I think that, again, working title. This song is... They actually decided... I guess they had no other choice, but they played this live, and I saw it being played live. And you want to talk about bringing a bringing a crowd to a screeching halt and seeing how many people you can pack in the bathroom at one time? That is what this song is. It should be called "Go to the Bathroom Now." Yeah, you know, you know
0: what this uh, this song did? It conjured up the ghost of Eric Carr and said, "And this is the same asshole who cut my drum solo."
1: Oh my god! And what else? Do you, you need to know, at one point, it completely rips off the whole ending of, of Higher Than Hell. It's identical
0: to how it breaks Yeah, down. It's, it's, Jesus, the song. I thought the last song might have been a low point. This one might drag it down a little bit further, but this song does fucking suck, man. I'm an animal. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, I, how old is this guy? Does he not realize he sounds like a Catholic priest?
1: It's just bad. I have nothing else to say to this can we move on to the next thing because I I, I don't know if I, I don't have anything else to, anything I say would just exhaust me further and I may I, this thing may finally break me
0: <laughs> well hopefully we can uh, carry on with after you hear when the lightning strikes Trying too hard to write for the character. Uh, and Tommy Thayer gets all the songwriting credit for, I don't know, second or third time. But we know Paul wrote this song. Tommy's actually not that bad of a singer, but it nope. turns out he's actually got less range than Ace Freely. You know
1: what the original title of this, this album was? Steve? <laughs> <laughs> it was mindfuck. Because that's what it does to you. Every once in a while.
0: I, I want them to record one more record and call it Steve.
1: but because it tricks with you all of a sudden you're like i'm enjoying this and like but i shouldn't be enjoying it and here's why because i've heard it before (laughs) yeah i know this is almost like you know what oh you know what the other working title for this album was uh kiss tribute band
0: (laughs) deja vu
3: deja vu
0: oh yeah this song sucks uh you know the thing is it's kind of catchy but as i've said many times before Catchy does not mean good. It just means catchy. Doesn't mean bad, but just. I'm alive even, like a hurricane even. flies.
1: What the fuck does that even no, mean? It, it, nothing. Every single it, it's this song. This song is nothing but an explosion of cliches. It's like as many as you can shove in there. Even for Kiss. Well, let me just, run
0: down the lyrics real quick. Please, please go ahead. It's my move. The ground's shaking. The time mm. is gonna knock you down. I'm coming through. No more waiting. I'm on the move at the speed of sound. I'm alive like a hurricane flies. I don't run, I don't walk the line. When the sky and the worlds collide, it's my time I'm going to take what's mine. I don't know what any of that means. I really don't know what they're trying to say here.
1: These are Brian Johnson's uh, leftover lyrics from, from <laughs> Back in Black.
0: From Back in Black. It sounds like you Back in Brian Black. God's Scott's it, leftover lyrics from Back in oh, Black. Oh, that is true.
1: Yeah, he, I guarantee he wrote that. Because those are actually decent lyrics, that the, the, the entire album. And the last one, by the way, that had pretty clever lyrics. Yeah,
0: so these are leftover uh, fly-in-the-wall lyrics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> oh, these are leftover rock or bust lyrics.
1: Is there is there a point where where he talks about lightning sinking the pink in this this uh
0: <laughs> No song? Yeah, I, I do think that's odd that like, you know, he doesn't get to do any like real double entendres, you know. Uh it's like uh no Tommy, nobody wants to have sex with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah, like you got Eric sing Eric yeah, Paul. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tommy and Eric's songs are like leftovers from you Psycho Circus. You mean Spaceman which, and Catman. I'm sorry. Spaceman and Catman songs are like the leftover tracks from Psycho Circus, where they talk nothing about sex. They're just about power and and uh, and how awesome we are.
0: Yeah. You know, you know Psycho been? Circus is where they set all this up, which leads me to believe this is all sort of in the back of their head, at least, where, like, they instead of their names, it was, like, Catman, Star Child, that kind of shit, so... <laughs>
1: Anything else in the song? Because I, I'm not sure if if we are exhausting our audience as well. Oh so my god! Let's, yeah, uh,
0: let's uh, get it to the last. I, track I have of- to say,
1: I have to say that, that the, the the idea of this show, I immediately was like, I think I have this is a 10 minute show because I just I, I, I have nothing else That's to say. Three so, hours later. Uh, hats hat, hats off to you because we I actually did have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Again, we are, as as you've pointed out many times over the three years, again, happy anniversary, cheers, Yeah, uh, uh, that we offer a public service. We're here for the people. Yeah, I mean, we are like the King Midas of podcasting.
1: I mean, we've taken a piece of shit and turned it into gold. This podcast is better than the album itself,
0: wouldn't oh, you say? Of course, yeah, because we only play parts of the song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They should actually put out a reissue of it with just us. It's a remix. It's just called the Cobras and Fire remix. It's just us talking about how fucking terrible it is.
0: Okay. Well, let's go to the last song. And this one, I know there is a decent amount of people in the Kiss Army who uh, get a little half chub every time they talk about it. And that's Say Yeah.
1: up to this song again uh, this 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 album is basically bookends the only songs that i think are halfway decent are modern day delilah and this one um this is th- th- than yeah, day delilah. yeah i do agree no this is probably the best song on the album for me and that is because it sounds like a okay track off of asylum it sounds like a kind of a uh, tears are falling, ish type song. It's it. I, I do like the harmonizing in it. I got to give it that, and and it is kind of a you know it's kind of like on concert, like everybody say yeah, say yeah. I mean it's 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 dumb. It's it's fine. It's it's okay.
0: Yeah, I guess. That's all I, have to I say. mean again, it it's a highlight on a lot of lowlights. This is a okay. So DC. you you agree too? Yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I get. But the problem is, it's like it's by comparison only that this is a good song. I, right. You you've just sat through ten of the worst songs you've ever heard in your life, and then you get this and go, <laughs> man, this is a you know. So you've kind of been mind duped into believing that that wow, what a good song. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I say no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy joke. I just don't. Yeah, it really was. It was put up in place for me. Uh, <laughs> and
1: again, another working title. Yeah,
0: <laughs> kiss. Say no. Uh, <laughs> Please. This for is God's the sake. exclamation point of a band at their creative low. Uh, whatever. It is like you said. I. On this record, it gets five stars. On its own, it's one star, maybe two. Let's let's do a little quick game here. Now that we're at the end here, and we clearly don't want to talk about this shit anymore, please. I have a list of things I'd rather do than listen to this record again. Do you have some ideas that maybe of things you'd rather do?
1: I would rather uh, take a sliding door. Uh, closet door and slam it against my nuts for for forty sec for forty minutes. Then listen to this album again.
0: I would rather fart through my nose than listen to this record again.
1: <laughs> How is that even possible?
0: I don't know, but <laughs> that sounds horrible. I'd rather be the fourth member of three sides of a coin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'd rather be Tommy's fluffer than listen to this record again. <laughs> I'd rather be the guy that's assigned the task of
1: painting on uh, Paul's abs every night. (laughs) I'd
0: rather shave Paul's back hair. Oh, well, give me your general thoughts on this record. Let's wrap this up. My summary is this album is
1: the effort you would put forth if paid in full for your year of work on January 1st. That's it.
0: That's perfect. I will say this: This record is to Kiss or music in general as Walmart is to retail. It is the yeah. lowest Christ. common denominator. It is just garbage. I know when it came out, it had been a long time since Kiss had a record, and a lot of oh, the yeah. Kiss, a certain chunk of the Kiss army, almost immediately like accepted it and talked about how good it was, uh, and. I kind of get why, but you know, it's to me you set the bar pretty low. If you like this record, your expectations are easily met. This doesn't match anything this band has done in its history, uh, and and they've you know they would literally need to do something like the Elder, where it was just out of the box for the, those people to dis- disregard anything Kiss did. Now they have no problem with. A sixty-year-old man talking about his penis going into a vagina with some weird Russian roulette example. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I just—it's it, just not a good record. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. Actually, I'm not sorry. Uh, I know, you know what. I,
1: maybe, maybe Russian, maybe Russian roulette is about a song about the the the, the uh, risk of STD with with uh, groupies.
0: Also, oh, it's like a public service announcement. So I'm saying just like this. Oh, that changed my mind. This is a great album. Of all the Kiss albums, this, all the
1: studio albums, this is dead last for me. And until this album, and I know we disagree on this, Psycho Circus was dead last for me for mul- a multitude of reasons. And the reason that one wins is because of the title track, A Journey of a Thousand Years. Yeah, there's, sure. uh, there's Those... I,
0: I definitely like that record more than you, but I'm not sure I would rate it terribly higher than you would. I mean okay, I would probably good. put it ahead but, of but, Asylum but uh, uh, yeah. I, but but even even a, a ridiculous song like
1: I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll is better than the than than anything on this this album.
0: My I god think. that stupid uh, you Wanted the best you got the best is fucking more fun to listen to than anything on this record.
1: Oh you're right. That one that song actually would fit very well on this
0: album by the it way. It would that actually. <laughs> right after Dangerous, yeah. <laughs> right after Dangerous us. A Thanks, one, Mark two Cicchini. Punch.
1: A one-two cock punch. <laughs> Again, that was the other working title, Cock Kiss, Cock
0: Punch. Oh, another working title, Songs About My Penis.
1: <laughs> well that's that's every album. Come on. Dick so I I in this. Can we can we, can we Because Pecker, we don't want to pull Pecker tracks. Pecker Which has his double meaning.
0: Oh, my God. Kiss. Our balls now hit the water in the toilet when we sit down to poop. <laughs> it's a very long title, but effective. Yeah. My God. I would actually prefer them talking about, like, I can't believe my balls have sagged so much over the years than hearing some of this shit. Oh, I'm
1: trying to think of it.
0: Say yeah. My balls just hit the, the water.
1: Everybody
0: say yeah. Oh, it's cold.
1: Oh. <laughs> Yes, I know, say yeah. My balls hit the water. Rock's
0: not dead. But in 2009, Kiss's creativity was...
2: (laughs) Sonic boom, 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 boom. Let me hear you say it I wanna hear you say it Let me hear you say it
0: Uh, so we'll go on for one, two.
3: <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football